Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah Germain Lilly. Today on Radio Gag, we're asking you to call in with your thoughts on yesterday's St. Louis school shooting and other gun violence and gun violence legislation that's in the news. We honor Jean Kushka, a physical education teacher who was killed yesterday in St. Louis. And this month, Gays Against Guns joins We All Really Matter, or WARM, a domestic violence intervention organization for their March to End Domestic Violence this Thursday, October 27th from 5 to 7 p.m. Gather at 4.30 p.m. at 155th Street and 8th Avenue to march to the Harlem State Building, 163 West 125th Street. Please join us. We met Stephanie McGraw, founder of WARM, because of the death of Asia Johnson this past summer. And now, our In Memoriam. In remembrance of Jean Kukska, 61 years old, October 24th, 2022, St. Louis, Missouri. Jean Kukska was a health and physical education instructor at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School, where she'd worked since 2008. She also taught personal finance. She was shot to death when a gunman came into Kukska's classroom and Kukska went in front of him to protect the students, her daughter was told. My mom loved kids, her daughter Abigail Kukska said. She loved her students. I know her students looked at her like she was their mom because a lot of them didn't have a good home life. Kukska was the mother of five children, including a son who is a Eureka police officer. She also had seven grandchildren. Kukska loved bike riding and every year would participate in an event to raise money to help fight juvenile diabetes. Kukska had a son who was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was 10 years old, Abigail Kukska said. From her school biography, I believe that every child is a unique human being and deserves a chance to learn. I also believe that health is the most awesome subject in school because without your health, you cannot live to your fullest potential. I love teaching health and physical education and guiding students to make wise decisions. Respect is my favorite word. Kukska graduated from Lindbergh High School in 1979 and went to Missouri State University on a field hockey scholarship. She earned her degree in education. Kukska was a member of Missouri State's 1979 National Championship team. In January 2010, that team was inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Kukska, we remember you, and we want to give thanks to Michael Sylvan Robinson for this in memoriam today. Jean, we remember you. Well, 
It's almost time, listeners. Uh, we'll be taking your calls in a few minutes, and we'd like you to call in and tell us how you feel about gun violence in America and how it can be reduced. The number to call is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. What do you think? Do you think gun violence is inevitable? Do you think it can never be solved? And the 45,000 deaths each year from gun violence that we currently see are just the price we pay for our First Amendment right to bear arms. Call 212-209-2877. Please call now and we'll speak to you right after the gun violence prevention news. And now from the BBC, St. Louis, Missouri. The gunman entered Central Visual and Performing Arts High School shortly after 9 a.m. local time on Monday. The doors of the school building were locked, and it was not immediately clear how the suspect entered. Witnesses say lives were saved after the gunman's weapon jammed mid-attack. St. Louis Public Schools say police quickly stopped the gunman. The suspect, identified by police as a 19-year-old former student, exchanged gunfire with police and later succumbed to his injuries. His motive for the attack at the school of about 400 students is unclear. A teenage girl was pronounced dead inside the school, while one woman died in the hospital, police told local media. The seven injured, three girls and four boys, all had non-life-threatening injuries. Students were running out of the school when officers arrived and said the attacker had a long gun, according to the city's police commissioner, Michael Sack. He said seven security workers on site had acted quickly to notify other staff and contact police. The gunman was found to be carrying hundreds of bullets that were sorted into nearly a dozen high-capacity magazines. Mr. Sack later said, adding, this could have been much worse. This is a heartbreaking day for all of us, he added. FBI agents are helping the investigation. And from the Washington Post yesterday, 10-year-old Caitlin Gonzalez, survivor of the Uvalde school killings, has become an advocate for gun violence prevention. According to yesterday's Washington Post, Caitlin spends time reviewing the stories of other school shooting survivors. He's in a wheelchair. She's a cheerleader now. Caitlin has become a voice for the friends and teachers who she heard being killed across the hall from her classroom at Robb Elementary. She has spoken at rallies and testified before Congress. On her first day, she was nervous about all the new people. That's new for her, a girl who had always had many friends and believed she could make a friend out of anyone. Afterwards, she asked her mother to drive her to the cemetery. She asked her mom to stop at the grave of her best, best friend, Jackie Cazares. This 10-year-old girl, a hero to many, is still a child. She can't sleep alone at night and often cries herself to sleep. I don't want to be alone, Caitlin says. I'm not safe anywhere. And this is according to ABC News last week, October 11th. 
Mayor Eric Adams has signed legislation establishing how the city will make Times Square a gun-free zone, even as the state law underpinning the policy was overturned in federal court. Adams said the 56 million tourists predicted to visit New York City this year should not have to live in fear as they walk through the crossroads of the world. We will not allow them to live in fear or distrust that someone is walking around with a gun ready to harm them, the mayor said. It is plain, good, old, common sense that no one should have a gun in Times Square, said Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who joined the mayor for the bill signing. The law, comprised of two pieces of legislation, defines the boundaries of the Times Square sensitive location and authorizes the NYPD to implement it. The bill prohibits concealed carry permit holders from bringing their firearms within the Times Square sensitive location, and another bill designates the new boundaries of the Times Square sensitive location. The bill signing comes as the very legislation on which it is based is being challenged in federal court. A federal judge last week temporarily blocked enforcement of much of the law, including deeming Times Square as a gun-free area. And you're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show on WBAI 99.5 FM. So please give us a call at 212-209-2877. We have a caller on the line right now. Uh, is gun violence preventable? Is it inevitable? Uh, caller, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hi. My name is Rose, and I normally don't catch your show, but uh, drifted in today. And I want to say this much. This country is so twisted. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah. you know, and it calls itself a Christian nation, these white trash Nazis. Mm. I mean, it is just unbelievable that we're so pro-life. I know, Rose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those women, they, they're, they shouldn't be able to uh, terminate their pregnancies. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the history of this country, I mean, just the way it handled the gay community. Now, I don't live there anymore, but I had lived in New Hope, Pennsylvania when I was a teenager and worked there and had this wonderful rapport with the community. And then in New York City and watched them all drop like flies in the AIDS crisis, which was very right. Lost a lot of friends. But I think the real, here's another question. It has been said that many of these wackos had been medicated as children, like on Ritalin or something. Hmm. It's interesting to find out if this one has been. I do not know. And, you know, this is another reason why we need investigation. Uh, We need research on gun violence. And, you know, it, it was blocked for almost a decade by federal law. Uh, the CDC was not allowed to research, and that has just recently changed. And we have a couple of really good research organizations, both here on the East Coast and in California at UC Davis, that are doing this research for the first time so that we can learn to get to some of these root causes and and figure out, you know, and, and what is up with someone's mental health and why are so many people disturbed right now? But you're going great, Rose. Do you have any other questions? Well, no, I just want to make a statement. Maybe it's something in our diet. Uh, maybe it's just some sense of inadequacy in these, in these mindsets. I mean, it is really disgusting. We used to be the leader of the free world. We were, the, as Ronald Reagan said, the, the beacon up on the hill. Well, my, I'm, I'm sorry, we're in the ditch. And, and, our, and our political parties... Um, 
are worried more about the Second Amendment than they are about the First Amendment. Yes, exactly. You know, where is the balance between the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and our right to freely assemble? And freely, I think, means without fear. So thank you for those points, Rose. That was I got really one other great. point to make. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. The other thing was that it was it was re- said that uh, what, what was which one was it who wanted to to assassinate Julian Assange? Okay. Because he told the truth about you know our war crimes. I mean, we we have young people going overseas just to give him a gun, you know, to get behind guns and, and blow down innocent people in the streets in a culture that they have no knowledge or interest in. It, we're not. I don't know. We're on the wrong on the wrong page. Well, yeah. Thank, Thank you for being there and bringing this up. All right. Thanks a lot for your call, Rose. Uh, we're going to take another call now. Hi, caller. Are you there? Yes, it is. Oh, hey. How you mm-hmm. doing? This sounds like my friend Sean. How are you, Sean? Doing pretty good. I couldn't resist the opportunity to call. I <laughs> wanted so to uh, make a statement first, if I may. Sure, go ahead. Uh, Since we are talking uh, about thoughts and prayers and school shootings, I just had this to say, that uh, I would not want those two words anywhere near my tombstone, honey. But more than that, they are useless cavities of an antiquated way of thinking with which I don't think has any weight in today's society. Because we need action. We need action from our politicians and our community leaders. We do not get comfort from words. We do get comfort from physical action. Such actions could include assault weapons bans, Federal background checks, which include psych evaluations, red flag laws per every state, and gun registry, which will not go into an effect until after the confirmation of said background checks. Yeah, thank you very much for those statements. Those are all platforms that Gays Against Guns supports, but not just Gays Against Guns. One of the groups that I really like to follow is Gifford's Gun Owners for Safety, and almost all of the points that you mentioned are part of their platform as well. These are gun owners, mind you, who are recommending safety. In fact, we both know that the NRA started as a gun safety organization, or at least an organization to train marksmen. And safety was very much part of that training, as uh, some of the former instructors remind us, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's crazy to think that, that it's, you know, you go back and you look at like whenever it was formed in like 1962 or whenever it was, and that was some, it was an enforced policy really, some kind of, you know, sensible ownership and what have you back in those days anyway. Yeah, you know, and we have to prove that we can drive a car. We have to pass the test before we get a license. So I, I don't think, I hope that it can't possibly be ruled as illegal or an infringement of our rights to be required to be trained as gun owners uh, when we apply for a license. Precisely. I mean, it's we and you know we have to apply for licenses. We have to we have to go through all of this stuff to drive a car, and certainly that is not a deadly lethal weapon. And if you are going to handle that kind of a weapon, I would say, and I don't mean to be speaking out of turn or or sound hostile when I say this, that if you want to own that kind of a weapon, you need to pay the price. You got to go through all that those steps. It's called responsibility. It's called being a mature adult. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, and yeah. and this is the thing, too. We know now that gun violence is the number one, uh, number one in the deaths of children. 
the number one cause of death of children, you know, higher mm-hmm. than car accidents. This is something that we adults have to do something about. We can't depend on children to do this kind of thing. Uh, this is crazy. What are we going to do? When kids are born, we're going to issue them a uh, bulletproof vest in the hospital? Yeah, huh? that's true. You get issued a birth certificate, and along with your birth certificate comes a brand new, spanking new, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, there you go. Right. Right. It's great talking to you today. I hope to see you uh, Thursday at our event in Harlem. And you sound wonderful. I'm so glad you could call in. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Great talking to you, Sean. Take care. Bye now. So we have another caller up here on the line. Who's calling in? Hi, my name's Russ. Hi, Russ. I'm Sarah Lilly. How can uh, what did you want to comment about today? Your name is Beverly, is that what you said? No, it's Sarah. Sarah okay, Lilly. Sarah, I'm sorry. I haven't heard you on the show before. Oh. Um, I was a little dismayed by Rose calling in and, and bad-mouthing the country. We all live here, and I think you're looking for solutions, right? Uh, we are. Yeah. Sarah, remember Nixon going to China and, you know, how it didn't work out too well, but he did go to China. Would gag support... Well, first of all, I say people need cars. They don't need guns. Let's, that's fairly clear. And... Uh, would gag support yeah. Trump if he took a position on crime and weapons control and was able to convince this country that it's unmasculine to need a gun or a weapon to defend yourself? Would, would gag support Trump? Because that, I think that's the only way we're going to get any weapons control in this country. Well, I got to say that imagining a Trump who said that it was unmasculine to carry a gun is hard for me to imagine. And I would like, I think, as a representative of GAG, I I would like to say that, um, you know, that the gay rights, the gender identity freedoms are, and the civil rights and the human rights that are connected to those are really, really important to gays against guns, not just eliminating the threat of mass shootings, uh, reducing inner city violence, uh, reducing child deaths and injuries, you know, all those other things that we talk about. Yes, they're very, they're very important. But, you know, Trump is an opportunistic person. I really don't think he has any ethics whatsoever. But in this country where weapons and guns are basically idolized, it, in contrary to the Second Amendment, clearly the Second Amendment is for the use of militias. It's, it, it's just gotten totally out of control. But if we can, uh, you know, take toxic masculinity to a new level and say, listen, if you need a gun to protect yourself, you're not much of a human being. And I think that's where we need to go. Uh, you know, and as far as the trans stuff, I mean, a lot of gay people are not down with the, the trans stuff. So True you know, that. There's, there's a diversity of opinion. But, Sarah, you know, I appreciate you taking uh, dissenting opinions on your show, and I'll certainly listen more. Great. Well, it is really great to hear from you today, Ross and uh, Russ, right? Russ. Yeah, Russ. So thank you so much for calling in. It's been great to talk to our listeners and we'll be sure and uh, and open up the phone lines more often, invite you guys to call in. So uh, thanks a lot. And we do want people to visit our beautiful free country and come to Times Square and not feel like they're going to get shot down by some crazy person. So thanks for calling. All right. Well, everybody, it's just about time to end our show. You are listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. 
And we are going to tell you about an event that we're doing in Harlem in just a few minutes. So thanks for listening today. We are Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. I'm Sarah Germain Lilly. Please support WBAI and make sure that we stay on the air to bring you these news, this news, and, and to get your views and your opinions on what's going on here. So thanks a lot. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show, here on listener-sponsored commercial free radio, WBAI 99.5. We are here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. To find out more about working with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net or follow us at Gays Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about actions. Sign up for info about meetings and actions at gagsignup at gmail.com. That's G-A-G-S-I-G-N-U-P, gagsignup at gmail.com. Come to a meeting. We meet the last Thursday of the month at 7 p.m. in Manhattan at the LGBT Center on 13th Street, where we will be planning all kinds of great action and protests. So please join us. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And this month, Gays Against Guns joins We All Really Matter, or WARM, a domestic violence intervention organization for their March to End Domestic Violence, Thursday, October 27th, from 5 to 7 p.m. Gather at 4.30 at 155th Street and 8th Avenue to march to the Harlem State Building, 163 West 125th Street. Please join us. It's time to end our show, so don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on any major podcast platform. We leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. Have a great and safe day. Yeah.